'80s special here, huh? Where's the Super Bowl? Uh Super Bowl. That's a good question for uh, Mr. Ryan Kramer of the Sports Gambling Podcast. Where is it, bud? Las Vegas. There it is. Oh, Legion. you'll be there. Nice. Yeah, you'll be there, huh? As you always are. I'll be out there for media for sure. Whether or not I go to the game, that's only for the fancy people, you know? Right. But we uh, enjoy <laughs> watching the uh, improved, uh, re-energized Raiders. Ryan's new nickname on the show is the King of Wishful Thinking, since I'm playing the song for him. Before we started this segment, he's like, well... Can't believe it, this playoff race, I mean, this wild card opportunity for the Giants, they're still in it, with a 4-8 record, believe it or not. Huh? Wow. In it is, is probably a stretch, but yeah, I mean, just looking at the NFC playoff picture in general, uh, Packers still alive, Bears still alive, Rams, Seahawks still in the hunt, it, a lot, there's going to be a bad team playing in the playoffs in the NFC, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to put it. Oh, my gosh. You know, and that's the funny thing. I mean, you know, I I hate to be – we have listeners here in Dallas, obviously, on our our nice flagship station here. But, you know, I got to hate a little bit here. And it's not really a hating against the Cowboys. But honestly, I mean, are they ever going to win the division? They're so – they're pretty good. I'm going to say it. But, you know, as long as the Eagles are who they are, these guys aren't winning the division unless they just get that record – after With the zero losses or one loss. After maybe. the baby's born, Dak will be re-energized. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, yeah, man. I mean, certainly the Cowboys were hoping that the Eagles were going to catch a loss, maybe against one of these Chiefs, Bills, uh, they have the Niners. But they already lost one time, and I think you're right. I think that at this point the Cowboys are probably penciled in to play someone from the, uh, a- the NFC South who, who possibly are going to get in the playoffs with a losing record uh, in the first round. But, yeah, you look at the Eagles' schedule. They uh, After the Niners and, and Cowboys games, they have the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and the Giants twice. So it, pretty pretty easy walk for the Eagles if they can get, get past these next couple games. And you know what's funny is that the Cowboys – I mean, look, at we all know their playoff history, especially with Dak Prescott. So, yeah, I'm going to bring it up. I don't care. But here's the thing. It's like – they get in on a wild card. They get to play a, a team that probably just is not that good. Let's just be honest, right? And if they get a win, oh, my gosh. Cowboy fans are going to go thrilled. They're going to go nuts here because they get a playoff win finally, and I don't know how long. Great Eagle great eagle comeback uh, last game. It was uh-huh. a fun game. I know. Sorry, I just keep on, I keep on hating on the Cowboys, but. Go ahead. Well, and, and honestly, I, I think, you you know, the way that does shape out, yeah, they're going to go on the road, but they'll be playing a team that will almost certainly be favored by a big number on, uh, within the playoffs. And then mm. guess what you have in the second round? Assuming the Eagles can hold on to the one seed, you're going back to Philadelphia, so you're going to get that rematch <laughs> anyway. And we're going to get one of those those sweet divisional round matchups between two divisional juggernauts. Yeah, Bradley Cooper's looking for that. Anyways, damn Eagles fans. They, I think, were rated. They, it came out like they are by far the worst fans ever. <laughs> and they like it. They they want to be that. So. I like Jesse. Well, Wa- yeah. I like Jesse Waters on Fox News. Why? 
He's a big. Is he an Eagle fan? fan? Yeah. Ah, jeez. From Philly. Well, I don't know if you saw the video of the kid, uh, Eagles fan, walking up to a Bills fan <laughs> to go shake that. his hand, and he pulled it away, and he flipped him the, the literal bird. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and and th- that's Eagles fans for you, right? Like, yeah. in some ways, you love to hate them, but mm-hmm. also uh, they do make the the sport better. I mean, if you didn't have it, you you'd be hoping someone was doing it. No doubt about it. Oh, great man. sports town. All right, so you know we we covered a little bit of that. Now look at we're not, we're going to continue this conversation here. Can we dissect the rest of the schedule for the New York Giants for a second? Um, pull it up if you can. They're four and eight. Danny's son Tommy is doing a great job as quarterback. No reason to bring on anyone else. I kind of like the whole like you know with his hand the Italian move. I love that you know. <laughs> Um, he still doesn't even know what it's called, but hey, it is what it is. Um, you know what? What is the likelihood of, or what? What do you think is going to happen? I'm going to make you like our Wizard of Oz here. Well, I certainly think that it's been a little concerning to hear how there's maybe some friction in the building, and you know, Dable having some issues potentially with Wink Martindale. Yep. And, you know, at the end of the day, probably is more beneficial to pick higher than lower, but it's the National Football League. They're going to try to win games. This this notion of tanking is always hilarious because the only way you really tank is you take players off the field. Yeah. Now, we do have that situation here because coming off the bye, the Giants do play a Packers team with Tyrod being available. So you got to wonder, do they do they stick with the Jersey juice and Tommy DeVito <laughs> and keep keep leaning into that? Because not only has it been working, but it's been fun. Uh, I, honestly, I can't remember the last time there's been like a cult, almost like Victor Cruz, probably the last time. In terms of the Giants, I know a lot of people are comparing this to Lynn Sanity back when the, when he took over in New York with the Knicks. But it does have kind of that vibe of, like, the city's enjoying it, so who cares if it's the best decision? Like, just run them out there. Yeah. But, yeah, you look you look at the schedule, and I think the most interesting part about, like, the bottom half of the playoff race in the NFC, a lot of these teams play against each other. Mm-hmm. I mentioned the Packers were in the hunt. Well, the Giants play the Packers. The Saints are in the hunt. The Giants play the Saints after that. They get Philly twice, and then they play the Rams, another team in the hunt. So... In a strange way, the uh, the the Giants actually could control their own destiny at some point, and the Eagles might be resting people. I don't think much of the fan base really wants that. I mean, I'm sure you saw some of the social media posts of Giants fans uh, retiring from being Giants fans because they can't even, quote, tank right. But I think if you look at the schedule, there's three teams that they play from here on. You take the Eagles games off the map because they're just like the Cowboys games. They'll just be horribly disappointing if you come in with optimism. Yeah, sure. You, you look at the other games, they're all teams in, in the, quote, hunt for this bad playoff race. So they have three more, more winnable games by my by my bat. Yeah, I mean, they could walk away with at least maybe seven wins for the season. And then if we get shocked with uh, something else, maybe we'll see what happens. Again, wishful thinking. Um, well, let me remind you, because when Joe Shane was with the Bills, they actually did trade up twice that year to take Josh Allen. So it was two first-round trade-ups. So who knows? You know, I'm not so worried about it anymore. You're outside the top two picks. It probably is irrelevant because there's top two guys. Well, so. not to cut you off, but let, let's talk about that for a second here, Ryan, because a lot of – I mean, I'm looking at some of these drafts, these potential, you know, drafts that people are throwing out there, and – at least for the top 10 picks, you look at the first pick and sometimes you're seeing Harrison Jr. on there, right? And then sometimes you're not. And I'm thinking to myself, 
I mean, Justin Fields, like, what's your opinion of Justin Fields? I, I mean, I know other people listening right now are thinking the same thing because, you know, I don't know. I, I think he's a he's a good quality quarterback. I mean, why would the Chicago Bears move off of him for possibly Caleb Williams? I don't know. I mean, what's your opinion here? It's the game theory. It's the same reason the Giants probably take a quarterback. It kind of gives your front office that is relatively new a reset and it may be a couple more years to prove themselves. I think in the case of the Bears, if they end up with the top two picks or the like top two of the top three picks, something like that. Yeah. They they kind of have to. I'm with you, but they kind of have to take the next quarterback, and you know, so so you have Justin Fields under contract for one more year. I think for the same logic as the Giants, who cares if you have a guy under contract? It's all about looking for the guy that can pop the ceiling. And I think Justin Fields is a good quarterback, but we've kind of established he's never going to be that dude. Now, I would love to see his next situation because I do think like getting the right coach around him and building a truly building an offense around him could might be fun. I mean, you just look at Jalen Hurts. Like, it's a very similar vibe. Like, let's let's see if he can do some of the same things. But, yeah, I, I think they're kind of bullied into taking a quarterback because if you have these assets and you pass on Caleb Williams or Drake May and you, you continue with Justin Fields, you're just going to perpetuate the Bears quarterback curse. I don't know if I had a I, dream the other day or not, but, like, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, well, what if the, what if the, what if the Giants traded up, they got – you know, Justin Fields in the deal. And then they got, you know, number one pick. Even, I mean, yeah, number one pick. And then they went with, like, Harrison or, or maybe an offensive lineman. I mean, I, I think that Justin Fields is a good enough quarterback if he had the right coaching, like you said, to be actually a lot better and he's got legs. Like, I'm not a hater. I don't know. Maybe I'm a dreamer. I, I yeah, like I said, I think I think whoever ends up with Fields on his next team, it, like there's going to be a ton of optimism because you see so. the talent, yeah, and you specifically you see like there's not like there's mobile quarterbacks in the league, but then Justin Fields is a different kind of mobile quarterback, and so yeah, he's he's got weapons that some guy like I would love to see him on like the Falcons or something right now, like give hmm. me him with Bijan and Tyler Allen, oh, yeah, runs a run a triple option or yeah. something, but yeah, I, I do think that. The Bears particularly seem like they're kind of unless they trade out again, which seems like it'd be crazy. They seem like they're they've been bullied into a position where they're going to have to take a quarterback. Maybe go ahead, Pop. I I, I picked the Falcons uh, this past week. Yeah, you did. Nobody else did it right no, there. <laughs> I didn't pick them. All right, three-time Pro Bowl tight end uh, Zach Ertz has been released by the Cardinals. Wow, that just that happened. Yeah. Okay, okay. Bulletin says breaking. they break. Interesting. You know, I mean, yeah, I, what do you do with that? I mean, he's he's been around for a long time. Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, he's had a hard time staying on the field. Uh, we can all remember his days from the NFC East where he always struggled to get any sort of yards after the catch. He was a get-open tight end and lacked explosiveness. So well, guess what? He's an old guy now. Yeah. So it's maybe may time to hang it up. I have a feeling he's going to, you know – would it would it be the craziest thing if he resigns with this Eagles team uh, for a little playoff run? I don't think so. I and I think you're seeing this. It's almost like the NBA more and more. You're ha- you're seeing these team these players getting released out of their contract mid year and allowing them to go off and play play with someone making a playoff run. Did you see that recent interview with Marshall Falk talking about how a lot of these guys in the running back positions are actually doing more damage themselves. That's at least the way I, I read it. I don't know if you saw this, but as far as like with their contract and all that and their value as players. I, I think it's interesting because it's one of the few positions where 
like the the analytics of the game has actually like has drastically hurt this position that's clearly relied on but it, it, it you know to the to the point of um like the specific like lull we're in right now i agree with him i do think that some of the behavior has has hurt the running back's ability to be valuable even when they are valuable and so yeah i mean it'll be interesting to see over the next like we have the barkley situation popping back up again and and you know there's there's a couple other kind of bigger name guy think about josh jacobs and and that this past offseason I, I do wonder what that's going to look like, especially with, you know, someone like Jonathan Taylor kind of settling for a very subpar deal. So it'll be, it'd be interesting to see in the next collective bargaining agreement if they can figure out a way to take position titles out of it. Cause it does seem a little silly that just because you play running back, if you're Austin Eckler, you get lumped in with a position that's highly replaceable, even though you're not. Uh, it almost feels like we need a little bit more performance based stuff versus, uh, you know, what position you play and yeah, i'm gonna put you on the spot we'll have some fun and change it up a little bit here all-time list running backs go number th- uh, give me three. Oh wow yeah i mean you, it's hard to have a list like this and not include uh, i'll go walter payton okay number three uh maybe a hot take and some personal flavor in this one but you you go back he's one of those guys didn't see him a ton live i was quite young but when you go back and watch him unbelievable talent unbelievable in terms of what he was able to do and just you know rarely do you see guys like kind of that late into the progression of football still looking like they're playing with high school kids okay and so for me walter payton always loved watching his highlights uh jim brown uh, didn't watch him play for real but I just he is the goat of just highlights of him looking like he's playing with guys who bag groceries for a living <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I, it, I he's just everything you read about him toughness the term just one of my all-time like old-time players and then from the modern era like childhood i grew up a barry sanders fan barry okay. sanders okay. will forever be the greatest running back i've ever seen play because of how he was able to turn nothing into something and even now there, there's been guys who are kind of like him but certain guys over the years have been, have had that athletic twitch yeah that just is unmatched and to me like barry sanders Michael Vick, Bo Jackson, you put him in a different category athletically. So for me, Barry Sanders, greatest running back of all time. The reason why I asked you, the Barry Sanders special came out. I don't know if you watched it yet. Uh, I have not, but I've seen some, you know, obviously a lot of opinions and I've watched the trailer and, and some pieces here and there. And, you know, obviously he's certainly on the top of most people's list. So I wanted to see what you would say to that. What I really appreciate about Barry Sanders, too, is that he's just a dude. Uh, had, had a chance to kind of bump into him uh, during some Super Bowl media stuff a couple years ago and just looked like a guy who was coming from changes, changing his oil or something. Just a regular yeah. dude. And, you know, just like so many other people, he got fed up with the, guy, the company he worked for and just said, I quit. <laughs> you kind of appreciate that in someone who's yeah. the greatest of all time, you know? Yeah, it's true. Before you two were born, there was a guy named Jaguar John Arnett out of USC and uh, the Rams. Really? You're just oh, going way back. Going way back. Oh, my goodness. Jaguar John. I like it. All right, here we are in week, uh, believe it or not, I can't believe it, week 13 of this year's NFL schedule. You know, um, I want to get it from you. There's obviously some interesting games. Uh, we won't even get into Thursday's game, but, you know, you've got someone, uh, a lot of teams kind of like either taking losses where they shouldn't have, let's say, in last week's uh, hurrah, 
And then you've got a lot of teams that are still trying to bite. They're biting at the bit. You know, they're 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 looking for these wins to kind of make that playoff run. Um, obviously, the Steelers are right then and there. They have a pretty good matchup there. The Jets, ugh, what are you going to do with this 21-day for Psychedelic to maybe come back? In fact, speaking of that real quick with this 21-dayer, if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about here, Ryan, shed some light on that. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's quite remarkable. Aaron Rodgers, who we often joke in the Sports Gambling Podcast, is our hero. Well, he, he joined the big, mighty New York Jets, and uh, we were going to have this big season and then boom his achilles pops yeah what two four plays into the game yeah and he's been talking about like darkness chambers and and fornicating dolphins and all sorts of alternative medicine yeah but now the jets are actually capitulating in the in this kind of narrative and they're activating his practice window yeah they now have uh 21 days uh for him to actually bring him to the active roster if he's mm-hmm. ready mm-hmm. which remarkable right he he tore his achilles months ago and the only thing we can even point to in terms of a rapid return with the achilles is the year los angeles rams and cam Akers last year yeah. who came back after five months to a much more explosive position yeah i just like what what's the point of coming back here to me this they're is not playoff contention than, right they're not in playoff contention. yeah they're not in the playoffs like, this okay. is nothing more than the than than aaron Rodgers wanting to again be our hero and make sure right. that everyone knows that he's working as hard as he can to get back. Or they figured out that Aaron Rodgers hopping around on one leg is better than Zach Wilson and Tim Boyle. That and also, you know, look at it. You're, you're selling jerseys. You know, there you, you are making yep. that dollar-dollar bill. Speaking of making that dollar-dollar bill, let's get into uh, your favorite games here of the week. All right. I, 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 lo- I like a couple I love one, and the one I love is the Tennessee Titans are hosting the Indianapolis Colts. The Titans somehow Mm. are home dogs in this situation. They've pretty much dominated this matchup over the last couple years, uh, covering in six of eight, winning six of eight. And when you look at Mike Vrabel, you love him as an underdog. And specifically, I think the Titans are one of those teams that when they play against another team that needs to run the ball – of course, we know the Colts love to run the ball. They won't have Jonathan Taylor, but Zach Moss still out there. And then on the, on the other side of the ball, the Titans, when they play against a team that can stop the run, you know you're going to struggle a little bit. Well, in this case, the Colts are one of the worst teams in the league yeah. against the run. So I actually I think this is going to be one of those games we see Derrick Henry have a nice game. I think you're going to see Will Levis complete a couple deep balls to De- DeAndre Hopkins. And I think this will be Gardner Minshew turning back into a pumpkin and maybe throwing a pick six. Mm. I think this is an absolute blowout. The, somehow they're underdogs. I love the Titans. And another one I, I, I like but don't love – I'm going back to those Atlanta Falcons and fading the Jets. I, I don't know if you watched the game, but Tim Boyle is actually worse than Zach Wilson. and It's insane they're going back to him. And, and rarely in the National Football League are you given the opportunity to fade a quarterback that does not deserve to be in the league uh, less laying less than three points. And so to me, I'm not even worried about Desmond Ritter because I think the Falcons can go out there, hand the ball to Tyler Algier, Bijan Robinson, Cordero Patterson, and not put the ball in harm's way and, and get an easy win over the Jets here. Uh, Bills are six and six. They got to buy Cincinnati five and six playing the Jaguars on Monday. If the Bengals end up winning, which would be, I think, a shocker. But if they do, um, that makes it a little more interesting, right, in the AFC. 
I think the Bengals are de- dead on arrival. I think the, the Bills is the more interesting one. Boy, coming off a bye, they have a real some real desperation here. Yeah. Coaches firing coordinators. I, I, you know, Bills are out of the playoffs right now. Yeah. As always, a pleasure. Ryan Kramer, the Sports Gambling Podcast. We'll catch you next week. Have a wonderful weekend, bud. Cheers. Holy water with my bourbon Standing on the bridge I'm burning With a can of gasoline